0: Welcome to Bubbles and Books, a podcast about two of the best things in life. Books and champagne, brought to you by Amanda and Ellen, co-owners of your local independent bookstore, Dogeared Books in Ames Island. First, give me a cheers. Okay, okay we're ready? And yeah. books are sexy.
1: All right. Hi, Amanda. Hi, Ellen. I'm so glad we get to drink champagne together.
0: Me too. Fucking A.
1: It is good. Rachel went and sourced the new stuff at Cyclone Liquors. Hey, See, you know what
0: I bought at Cyclone Liquors yesterday? What? Flying kites. Oh, that's the... It's the sparkling the, water that gets you high. It's not for myself, though. It's for... An imaginary friend? It's a Christmas gift.
1: Okay, that's such a good idea. <laughs> you should get it for yourself. I'm right. a little bit nervous. You are such a baby. <laughs> Everything's worth trying once. <laughs> Okay.
0: Yeah. And it's legal, so. No, I know. It's just, like, the.
1: It's so weird. The,
0: so, like, if I take a gummy, for example, like, it will not hit me to like, three hours later. Mm-hmm. But
1: but drink Yeah. When you're drinking something, you, you you're you like you drink one thing and then you want to have another glass and then it could be three hours later and you just drink too much.
0: Yeah. But I mean, like the time that of the day that I would consume such a beverage would be like the evening and then I go to bed at like nine o'clock. I know. I love going so to I bed. I wouldn't even get to experience. I'd be like sleep high. Well, maybe you can go home
1: early one day when you don't have kids <laughs> activities at like three o'clock in the afternoon and have it with like a nice snack. and have a great afternoon okay cool i mean it'll be the holiday soon i'm sure you'll have a day off and
0: you know the kids will be playing
1: with their new stuff and just have your flying kite
0: listen everyone go to cyclone liquors you can get the good bubbles and flying kites right okay sounds good today we're drinking Raventos,
1: y blanc so that seems to be italian which means, because the French don't use a single I. Ooh, there's a map. But I don't know what country that is. So.
0: Let me see. I'll guess.
1: Let's say we're drinking white wine that sparkles. That's pretty good. What map is that? <laughs>
0: no fucking clue. <laughs> it's
1: showing regions of a very specific La Barbera, La Plena. El Viarda. See, I can't it's see. It's Italy. Okay, it's from Italy. I Googled that. Thanks. Anyway, let's see what, let's see how it tastes.
0: Beautiful. We're up for anything. Mm. Smell it. Inhale it. How That's are the- a really
1: interesting smell. I'm excited to see how this how tastes. How are the fumes? Really good. Apparently, this... Um, Bubbles House, because it can't be Champagne, because it's not from Champagne, started in 1497. So this is Shit. old school. This is like, big deal. Just after Columbus got lost. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> did they say his name as Columbus? I wonder how the Italians say Columbus. Or he was Spanish. she yes, he was Spanish. How do the... Sp- Spanish people. Yeah, like I think it's so weird that we have different names for countries than what the country calls himself. Do you know what I mean? I hear you. Like think of an example. Like Germany, do they do they say Germany? No. Deutschland. 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 Yeah. So like why did we do that? I don't know. That's so weird. It's like being like it's like well, I'm sorry. I can't say your name. I'm just going to give you my own name for you. That's
0: what
1: we do, too. I know. It's so stupid.
0: It's very stupid.
1: Well, and then also, I guess the French would call us Les États-Unis, but they could just say our name, the United States, and we
0: could just we call We are them. the United States of America. Thank yeah. you very much. Mm-hmm. I know. We're so important,
1: as we've <laughs> demonstrated in <laughs> In we recent suck. days, yeah, we mm-hmm. Suck. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's so sad to be part of a losing team.
0: All right, let's talk about more exciting things. <laughs> so, <laughs> actually, I've this ju- is losing. So I just um typed Y into Google. I don't know what I was going to Google, but apparently, I typed Y in a little bit ago. And the, you know it does like, auto populate what yeah. a why question the first be. one is why women kill and then the second one is why is my poop green <laughs>
1: i'm gonna see what mine mine does hold on hold on hold on google why oh yeah i get the same ones so that's what's happening why are flags that have stuff yeah uh why are hospital? people boycotting starbucks why did i get married the 2007 film
0: why am i so tired Amen. Top of the list.
1: Why is the sky blue? Because.
0: Alrighty. Well, if you want to know why your poop is green, it could be because it's moving through your large intestine too quickly due to diarrhea.
1: That's information we didn't need to know.
0: <laughs> I'm just telling you what I
1: learned. Um, speaking of green poop.
0: When I was a kid, when I was a kid, I thought we weren't talking
1: about this anymore. My mom was really excited because the Aunt Maud's, one of our nice restaurants in town, published the recipe for their tequila chicken fettuccine.
0: I love their tequila chicken fettuccine. It is
1: amazing. It's so good. And my mom made it at home and you make it with spinach Alfredo noodles or fettuccine noodles. They're green noodles. And as a kid, green noodles was not going to happen in our household. And I was like holding it up uh, from we were eating in the dining room because it was a fancy meal. I was holding up my noodles and I was like, "It's like fish poop because <laughs> I had fish, and when they poop, they have this like long yeah. string and it's green." Um, chicken tequila fettuccine does not taste like fish poop.
0: I mean, I would. I don't know it's one what of my fish favorite poop tastes meals that I have heard
1: if it does, then I'll eat it. <laughs> right. Um Maybe we can find the recipe and put it in the show notes. It's excellent so good. Excellent. Yeah. Um, it's one of our favorite family meals to make together.
0: I'm really glad that this has been already a wide ranging and educational <laughs> episode.
1: Yeah, we really aim <laughs> to be, you know, educational here. And I mean, and I were uh, on topic. I mean, and
0: I were talking to a group of lovely ladies yesterday. Mm-hmm. And one of them uh, mentioned that she listens to our podcast. And <laughs> we were like, Oh, thanks. That's we were we've been a lot cleaner today in this talk than we are on there. So shout out to our PEO
1: member. Yeah. Who listens, listens to, to our podcast. Yeah. And nice. likes us still.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. What are you reading right now, Ellen? I'm reading Bright Young Women by Jessica Knoll. It has a really cool cover. What? Why are you looking at me? Um, I crunched on my crouton, and I was afraid <laughs> that
1: Rachel was going to get mad at me.
0: Oh, okay. Amanda was like leaning off to the side and looking at me with fear in her eyes. It's because she ate a crouton. That is the kind of control Rachel has over here. Did you. I yell? Did you, I What are you yell? doing right the fuck now? You can't even eat a crouton in this woman's presence without I mean, quaking. it is a
1: recording faux pas. We don't want to have like irritating background noise.
0: I think you should crunch your crouton right into the microphone. All right, hold on. Let me get a good crunchy one. And then I'll tell you what I'm reading oh yeah oh yeah okay i'm reading bright young women by uh-huh. jessica noel uh-huh. it has a very cool cover yes it does i will say that i have been really surprised by this book i think i sort of because it's sort of a thriller you know girls being murdered type of book that it would be kind of a fast read maybe not too literary which is totally fine um, but the writing is really, really sharp. Yeah. And so the premise of this book is it's it's based on Ted Bundy, okay? Mm-hmm. But it's not – he's never mentioned, but the murders and the way they happen in this book are, are Ted Bundy kill- killings, but the victims have different names and there's different circumstances, you know, surrounding their personal lives and whatever are fictionalized in this book. But... Um, So Ted Bundy committed some murders in Washington and Colorado, and then he escaped from a courthouse and then he escaped from prison and he made his way down to Florida and he murdered and severely injured um, girls in a sorority house in Tallahassee. And so this story takes is the from the perspective of uh, or the main perspective is from the president of that sorority. And her best friend was one of the people who was murdered. And the narrator, Pamela is her name, was the only person who saw the perpetrator. Wow. And so her friend's ex-boyfriend is sort of being, you know, the, the crime is being pinned on him. And she's like, no, I mean, I saw this guy and I know that guy and it was not him. And this mysterious, quite glamorous woman shows up in the midst of all the media firestorm around this. And she's like, you know, shows her a wanted poster of Ted Bundy. Although Ted Bundy's the name is never said in this book. And she's like, is this a guy? And Pamela's like, yeah, that's a guy. And she's like, he murdered my best friend. Wow. In Washington State. And this is the result of the failure of law enforcement. And so they sort of go on this, Journey to try to convince people that this is the person who you should be looking for, and you have like failed all along the way, Mm -hmm. and people keep getting killed, right? And then the other perspective is actually from this character's best friend who was murdered in the lead up to her murder. Cool, and I mean not cool, but cool. (laughs) It's very well written. What what I think is kind of interesting about it is like, so Pamela is narrating. More from, like, present day now. This happened, I think, in the late 70s, 78. And when she refers to him, she's always like, you know, people think he was so brilliant, so charming. He was just your run-of-the-mill, like, misogynist. There was nothing special about this man. He just got away with shit. Yeah. And so just sort of this, like, bringing it back to... Like what and and because he was so brilliant, that's why he kept escaping. That's why he was able to do what he did. No, it was because you guys fucking suck and you not yeah. do your jobs right. Right. So anyway, it's really good. I'm very happy. What to are you that? reading? Well, I just finished the
1: other half by Charlotte Vassal. Oh, yeah. And it's the start of a new detective series, which I'm just reading now. This is I'm like just, the
0: rich people one. Yes, right? it's
1: the rich people. Right. This is kind of like a classic British. Murder, mystery, thriller, slightly psychological. It alternates uh, viewpoints between a youngish 30s detective, um, Detective Inspector Caius Beauchamp.
0: Ooh, that's a good name.
1: I know. It's really cool. And he is investigating the very strange murder of a socialite. Beautiful woman, also in her mid-30s, who turns up dead in a public park. And, you know, very suspicious things have happened. Wasn't there like a party going on or something? It's all tied to this very wealthy, titled... Um, player Rupert who has this collection of friends from his uni days or college days. I don't think he went to uni. It's like, you know, there's probably insider British language, but they like, I think they went to Oxford together. I can't remember which one's the more bougie one, Oxford or Cambridge, But, you know, they rode together, and he played all the women, and there were only certain women that were acceptable for him to date, and one of them was this woman, Clemmy, who he kept, you know, as a side piece. Well, I guess she was the main piece for, like, a decade, but he'd been screwing around on her with other women from their inner circle of wealthy, connected people. And so Caius is unraveling the social network and trying to understand who's involved in what. And there's a lot of dark shit going on. And toward the end, I kind of got that feeling like, oh, is this the development of an inspector that we could follow in the series. Oh, I hope so. I I love that
0: kind of series. I know. I
1: really liked Caius. Um, So that was fun. And I am a good way into The Other Valley by Scott Alexander Howard, which I believe I mentioned last episode. Yeah, you did talk about it. That one sounds really good, too. I'm really drawn into it. I'm really interested to see. Well, I'm invested. Um and so what I can tell you is that um the main character it has been was 16 at the start of the book, the book and she and her peers are reaching the age at which they need To decide what career path they're going to take. And, you know, kind of based on your aspirations, work ethic, what have you, you know, it's obvious what you should do. But um, Odile is trying to become a member of the council. And the council's primary job is determining whether people are allowed to travel to the neighboring valleys over the mountain. And the neighboring valleys are actually like time travel. They are their same village twenty years in the future, mm-hmm. and then t- in the other direction, it's twenty years in the past. And part of the vetting process to join the council is judging their judgment on whether someone is a safe risk, because they believe that if you send someone to the past and they interfere, mm-hmm. like basically all humanity, I mean, will it's end. a time travel. Yes,
0: conundrum. Right.
1: right. Um. And I have experienced her teenage years and I am now 20 years in the future. Okay. And so I'm I'm really enjoying it. I think it's really well done. It's still very much like the giver to me.
0: Yeah. And you told me too it was like and and when you were describing it last time I agreed, uh, elsewhere vibes. Yes by Alexa Schenke. It's
1: just living in something that is almost completely real but has this ethereal strangeness um so you become very invested in imagining what it would be like to live in that community so that's what i'm reading and just as a side note the revento's blanky blank is very good i like it i'm enjoying it i would drink this on a regular you are drinking i mean on a regular basis i would i would buy it again okay all right so our topic of conversation as we near the end of the year is what books have lingered on our TBR, to be read, pile, stack, shelf list that have intrigued us throughout the year, we haven't gotten to, hope to get to, in the coming year. Yeah,
0: as I was working on this and identifying the books, mm-hmm. I was like, you know, when am I going to make time to do this? So I started thinking, like, okay, what <laughs> what all do I need to get done? What do I have to read? And then, like, where can I fit this? Right.
1: Thing? Because we're always balancing... <laughs> impulsive reading just grabbing the thing that's attractive to us with our obligation to read for book clubs for you specifically and for our subscription because we take that very seriously we very much want to identify the best book coming out each month um so what's the top of your list that's remained on tbr
0: Okay, so the Beasting by Paul Murray. Yeah, so this one was shortlisted for the Booker Prize. It's a honker. It's like six hundred something. So pages. fat.
1: It would be a commitment.
0: And it's so it's built as a tragic comedy, and it's about this family. It's shortly after the economic crisis in 2000, of two thousand eight, and it's from the different perspectives of the family members. So there's the the two parents and the two kids. And their, their family is sort of, like, on the brink of, of crisis. So the dad, Dickie, owns a car dealership that used to be successful but is now, like, not doing well at all.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: His wife, um, Imelda, is sort of on the brink of having an affair. Their teenage daughter, who used to be, like, the perfect golden child, is, like, an alcoholic. And then their son um, is being bullied and sort of dealing with that. And so it's like the family just is everything's coming to a head, like nothing is going well. And then it's sort of contrasted with like the climate change, the climate crisis that is happening in some way. And from what I understand, this book is a lot about like denial and the consequences of denial. And but it's supposed to be pretty funny. So, which
1: we love a funny book.
0: Yes, a funny book. So, here's a quote from the New York Times Book Review, which is why I kind of want to read this story. This all may sound bleak, but Marie's writing is pure joy, propulsive, insightful, and seeded with hilarious observations. And in this ailing family there are shining moments of incredible That
1: love. sounds amazing. So I love
0: a character-driven book. I love multiple perspectives. I like sharp observations about mm-hmm. like just being human. And you know this one has been on a lot of lists. It's as I said, it's been shortlisted for some prizes so I I just need to work it in. The size is a little daunting to me. What's on your TBR?
1: Yeah, this is one that's been on a lot of lists of people I respect. I have Ripe by Sarah Rose Etter on the top of my list. I do love the cover of this book. It's like a pomegranate cut Mm -hmm. open, which the fruit cover is kind of a trend. This looks a little bit more gritty. Um, I've just seen it on the list of a lot of people I respect, And it was one of their favorites of the year. And Pedro, our friend from New York, said it was his favorite of the year. When people speak that highly about something, I feel like I need to read it. It just sounds a little dark. Um, Cassie just got her dream job in a cutthroat Silicon Valley startup. But it is actually a nightmare. So she lives where she wants to live, but her boss is an asshole. Rachel, does this story sound familiar to you?
0: No,
1: (laughs) not at all. Um, It says, from her earliest memory, a miniature black hole has been her constant companion. It feeds on her depression and anxiety growing or shrinking in relation to her distress. I feel like this might hit a little close to home to me right now. So... The black hole is watching her and waiting and things in her life are just like falling apart. She's pregnant and her CEO asks her to start doing illegal things. So things are just imploding. But people say this is their best of the year. Okay. So.
0: I think it sounds interesting.
1: Yeah. It's on my TBR. What else do you got that's just sitting on your shelf calling to you? Okay.
0: I've been thinking about this one a lot. All the Sinners Bleed by Mm -hmm. S.A. Cosby. So he wrote... A book called Blacktop Wasteland that I read a couple years ago that Mm -hmm. was fantastic. It was like if an action movie, like a good action movie, was made into a super well-written book. Okay. But I'm not like a huge action person. Right. And this book has been on all the lists. And it is a little bit more like detective mystery, which is more my style. Mm -hmm. Okay, So it's about... This man, Titus, um, who is uh, the first black sheriff in his county in Virginia. And he's coming, like his predecessor was like shit, you know, sort of let racism run rampant, was like corrupt, drug use all over the place, not enforcing things. And so he is the new sheriff in the county, and when he's been there for about a year... Um, a, a former student walks into the high school and shoots a teacher. And then this, the former student is then subsequently shot, fatally shot by Titus's deputies. But before he dies, he says, You know, check this guy's phone. There's stuff on this teacher's phone. Wow. And this dark. opens up a huge can of worms, okay? Because what they find on that phone is evidence of really atrocious, widespread crime, like murder. And there seems to be an accomplice who, in all of the images on the phone, is masked. Wow. So who is the other person who is accomplice in these crimes?
1: My husband read this. It was one of his- Did p- he like it? It was one of his best reads of the year. Oh,
0: it sounds so good. And I know his writing is so good. Like, his characters are so good. That Like, I've just, I've been really craving, like, a great cop detective story. Yeah. And I'm hoping this is it.
1: Something to look forward to.
0: All right, what else? A little,
1: it lives in the same section as All the Sinners Bleed, but it is a totally different kind of mystery. It's Shady, the Shady Hollow series by Juno Black. A little different. Yeah, it's a little (laughs) different. Okay, so the Shady Hollow series is a village called Shady Hollow, a place where woodland creatures who are adorable (laughs) live together in harmony until a toad. Turns up dead.
0: What the fuck?
1: And a local reporter has to solve the case. What
0: kind of animal is the local reporter?
1: I don't know. I have to read it to find out. Oh, cool.
0: But there's like squirrels and
1: foxes and bunnies and stuff. Juno Black is a pen name for authors Jocelyn Cole and Sharon Nagel, and they were booksellers together who wrote and self-published
0: these books. That's what I was gonna say. I'm
1: pretty aren't weren't they booksellers? <laughs> yes, they were. And we were told by the Midwest Penguin Random House rep that he discovered them. He was visiting their store and of course handed this self-published book and be nice he said oh yeah yeah sure but he read it and he loved it and penguin bought it up and now we have i
0: think a five book series is it to five now so the lesson here is that you and i should write a story involving (laughs) woodland creatures or
1: something i think woodland creatures would not be what we It's already been done yeah (laughs) what should
0: we write i don't Um, i think people should should uh who are listening to this should give us some suggestions cooper what do you think
1: yeah, Cooper, former bookseller who left us for Minnesota. Tell Give us, us some should, ideas.
0: Yeah, some ideas. What else do you have on your to-be-read, Ellen? Okay, the last one I want to talk about is one that you have really mm-hmm. liked and championed, which is Big Swiss, Big Swiss by Jen Beagan. And so this is, <laughs> so this is about um, a woman who works as a transcriptionist for a sex therapist, and while listening to like the tapes of this another woman's session she falls in love with her mm-hmm.
1: or,
0: you know, that's pretty fucking creepy yeah and, it is. and she starts doing some creepy shit mm-hmm. and it sounds it's got a great cover and it sounds like just weird and fucked up enough that mm-hmm. i would really enjoy it's it. bizarre and absurd and we we appreciate the same bizarre absurd things mm-hmm. like sometimes i like something bizarre and absurd and, I, and anyone else who read, reads it is like what the fuck? But I feel like you're always game for what I'm game for.
1: Seaplane on final approach would be the comp that I would offer, which is... Oh, I love the
0: Seaplane on final approach. Which
1: would be the recommendation we should give to Julia Langbein, who said that Big Swiss rocked her oh world my God, this year.
0: Julia, read the Seaplane on final approach.
1: Right. I think that it would be just what you need. And I would also say how I won a Nobel Prize would fall
0: in that category. I love something just a, just a little bit weird. A little bit, like, what the fuck kind of drug was this author on?
1: It wasn't that trippy. Like, I read Alice in Wonderland, or attempted to, (laughs) to my children, and I was like, really, what the fuck? LSD, right? Wasn't he? Something. (laughs) I hope so. Lewis Carroll was crazy as shit we have the magnet it was not fun to read
0: Alice talking to Dorothy from Oz and it just says I've seen some weird shit yeah <laughs> <laughs>
1: so accurate so accurate okay so the last one on my list is kind of like a no-brainer remarkably bright creatures by Shelby Van Pelt
0: also lives on my TBR
1: Right. And many of our staff have read this, which is one of the reasons why I haven't gotten to it, because our store is able to speak authoritatively that this is an excellent, lovely, great read. And I can tell that to customers, but I can't speak from experience having read it. Um, It is about Tova Sullivan, whose husband has died, and she is working at the Sowell Bay Aquarium, mopping floors at night. She's just trying to keep herself busy while she's grieving because she also has an 18-year-old son, Eric, who's missing. His boat vanished in the Puget Sound 30 years ago. So, like, she has these two levels of grief that she's dealing with, Mm. and she becomes um, connected At a deep level with the curmudgeonly Marcellus, a giant Pacific octopus living at the aquarium. And everyone's obsessed with octopi, octopode. There are different opinions about the plural of octopus, but... Is this like the
0: aquarium in Seattle?
1: Well, I think it's Puget Sound. Is that Washington? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So yes, I guess it is. uh,
0: the aquarium there does have a big fucking octopus that hangs out.
1: Yeah. So I guess if I was deep diving, I would find out if Shelby Van Pelt lives in Seattle. We should have gone and looked at the octopus or pot or pie in Seattle (laughs) when we were there. Oh, and you know what else is on my TBR? What? So I participated in Fourth Wing because it was like the current moment fad the big thing happening and I felt like I just couldn't not as a bookstore owner and I got caught up in it you know it's got some really intense sex scenes and a nice killer twist at the end and it left me like okay where are we going with this Iron Flame's been out for a while and I have not gotten to it and the big question for me is will I or won't I am I invested in this series or? Was I kind of one and done and I'm over it? I don't know.
0: Mm. Are okay. you going to fourth wing it? I don't know. It's kind of like the same thing you described with Remarkably Bright Creatures, which is also why I haven't read that one yet, is we're always like trying to make sure that we have like a well-read staff, right? So we can give all these recommendations. And when there's a book where like most of the people have read it, it's like, well, if I read it, I'm not necessarily benefiting the store by reading it because we already know that it's good. Everybody else says it's good.
1: It has to be for, in that case, it has to be for, like, a deeply driven reason. Like, you really want to have the experience yourself. And yeah, I would say all yeah. centers, all, all the sinners bleed um, would be you are deeply driven to read that because of your connection to your previous experience with yeah yeah and
0: I I totally want to read that one but yeah it's I think sometimes I I feel like if everyone has read it then you know it's already like passed the test and I should probably maybe read something else that would benefit our curation or our ability to recommend but that's probably actually not the way that I should be thinking about it <laughs>
1: I overall, though, like when we sat down to reflect on our TBR list, I feel I had a great reading year. Like there's so too. many winners. We each put together our list or our stacks of favorite books of the year. And I just look at that stack and think with delight about like such a rich reading experience that I had this year.
0: Same. And, you know, if you go to our socials, you'll see all of our booksellers with their stacks Mm -hmm. of their favorites of the year. Mm
1: -hmm. And I would say a lot of my TBR probably would be motivated by looking at those stacks from people I really respect.
0: Right. Well, I I definitely have, like, people who, like, shout out Jill Bills, who have very similar reading tastes. Like, if they recommend a book to me, Mm -hmm. I know I'm going to like it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You're my influencer, Ellen.
0: Well, you're one of my influencers, too, for sure. I feel like we, we're on the same wavelength. Yeah, which is why. Which is like, I can give you weird shit, and I'll be like, Amanda will appreciate this. I will. Amanda will see what I see. I won't shame you. Well, you not d- only will you not shame me, but you'll get it. I'll get it, and I'll
1: <laughs> love it, and we'll delight in it together. And it'll we'll
0: be like, everyone else who doesn't like it will be like, they're stupid. Yeah, they're
1: stupid. So. Go secretly. Away. Secretly. Secretly. We would never tell a customer that.
0: No, but if you don't like c and Final Approach. Stupid. Yeah. <laughs>
1: It always makes me really sad when I'm like hyping up a book I like and you can just see the customer's eyes just like glaze up. And they like, like I'm all, moving on, not like, for me. And I'm like, okay,
0: I'll find a different one. Sometimes I wish I could just, like, I wish people would just like implicitly okay. trust me. Yeah. It's like, I don't want to give the just whole thing it. because it's like fucking weird. Just where do I'm it. just like, just trust me. It's good. Just take it. It's like, take a why shot. Why do you Take a shot. Take the shot. Why do I have to give you, the, syn- the, to- to give you the synopsis? Yeah. Take just this person reads books and she says it's good. It's my job. Okay.
1: I'm a professional. Exactly. I know what I'm talking about.
0: Like every now and then, a customer will come in and they'll be like, "What's the best thing you've read lately? Give me that book." And I'll be, like, oh, "Fucking love yes. you,
1: yes, come back often."
0: That is my crack.
1: Yeah, I love it too. Those are good people. All right. So great reading year. <laughs> few hanger honors. We look forward to talking. Uh, next time, about what we're looking forward to in 2024. But for now, we just have like a few, few books sneaking their way onto the shelves before the end of the year. And I'm going to make it
0: my goal to kind of hit at least one of those on my TBR around the holidays,
1: like, the holidays. with our yeah. little break. Yep.
0: Yeah. So uh there's not a lot coming out this week. But the one that's coming out is a big
1: it's deal. It's a big one. It's
0: Heartstopper Volume 5. Oh my gosh. This is like
1: so. Hurt-rending because Nick is going to college, and what does that mean for Nick and Charlie? I watched the series. Did you watch the series? No, I haven't watched. Oh the my series. god, watch the series! But you're also gonna be like sexually frustrated. You're gonna be like, come on, guys, like
0: just do get it. Get some
1: action. It's like, like when I
0: watch Abbott Elementary and like the two teachers that are like clearly in love with each other. Come on, get it it's on. It's like the Jim and Pam thing. Like yeah, it's there. These
1: are horny high schoolers. You're In love, they do need, it. need to get with it. So in a way. <laughs> In a way, Heartstopper has protected itself from Iowa's crazy ass laws because Well no it
0: hasn't because they're gay. I mean
1: <laughs> I know. But that you know what? If you're following the law, they're not they're not claiming to say it's because it's gay if you're in high school. It's if That's there's true. an explicit sex act. So not enough sexy shit happens. But it's so heart and you just love them and you just want them to get together. And it's so like sexual tension. But they don't do any sexy you stuff, so it can be in schools. Time. So Heartstopper 5, Nick is going to college. Does it even have a name or is it just called Heartstopper 5?
0: It's just Heartstopper Volume 5. Yeah, I love it. And then uh, we have a few things popping in the store because we just keep going right up till Christmas. Um Tonight, December 19th, 5.30, Thrills and Chills, they're discussing The Woman in the Library by I Solari. I loved this book.
1: <laughs> Gentle. Can I just say, like, this is a great mystery. It's one of those really smart ones that's playing with form. It was put on my list by the booksellers at Parnassus. And I'm so excited because Solari is going to have a new book in March of 2024 called The Mystery Writer. And this is like automatic buy for me, based on my experience. I have experience. the arc
0: at home. God damn it, give it to me. <laughs> I'll
1: give you, it to you. You selfish bitch.
0: My name was on it. It got sent to me. Well, I've read The Woman in the Library, so well, give it to fine, me. I man. I'll give it to you. I'm not arguing with you. I'll give you the fucking book. Okay. okay. Thank you. I love you. And I'm then, so glad we cleared that up. Tomorrow, December 20th at 10 a.m., a very age-appropriate story time. Yeah, Amanda, to transition with
1: Amanda and Levy. I am very appropriate at story time. My husband filled in for me today. He dressed <laughs> as Elf from the movie Elf. He, he makes a very convincing Elf because he has a similar stature to Will Ferrell, tall and kind of, I don't know, just tall and goofy. And um, he did a good job for me. But Lovey and I will be back in action at 10 a.m. on Wednesday.
0: And then you'll be on a hiatus for a couple of weeks. Right. We're going to take two weeks off to chill or, you know, to read books. Yep. And then you'll be back in January, January yes. 10th. Mm-hmm. Thursday, the 21st, 10 a.m., Dog Yard Official, we're going to be meeting our last book club of the year to talk about Tom Lake by Ann Patchett.
1: I'm and excited. W-
0: have you already read it? You usually I have read, read it. it fresh. I have read it. Oh, wow. Good job. I read it, like, last month, and it was
1: amazeballs. Uh, you do such a good job. If you guys need a book club, this is the one. Ellen picked it really, very intentionally, and all of them are amazing.
0: And then lastly, Friday the 22nd at 5 p.m., the book club. Ooh, I like how you say that. Discussing Nails and Eyes by Kauri Fujino.
1: Awesome. Keep the champagne flowing and the book's going. Remember, uh, subscribe, like, follow. Because you want to find out what's happening in dog-eared books every single week.
0: Yep. Yeah. And if you don't live in Ames, you can always follow us on social or hit our website to order books.
1: Follow us at at Dog-Eared books Ames or at dog-eared books on TikTok. All right, listeners, keep the champagne flowing and the books going. This is so great! It's so great! <laughs>